What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, March 26th, 2014. You guys listening to episode 153. Um, actually, the second time I'm recording this episode, I recorded it last night with a guest, and let's just say, uh, you know, you know, we hung out a little too late, and it got a little weird. So we were like, yeah, that might not work, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, so anyway, it was actually my little brother. My little brother is an insanely talented musician, and we were talking music and comedy, and it was cool. But, uh, you know, we were drinking some scotches, smoking some cigars. It got real late. It wasn't even a drunk thing. It was just tired, too late. And uh, I was like, you know what, man? We're going to do it again next uh, next time when I'm back. But uh, for now, I'm putting this one out. So sorry about the uh, the little delay getting back into the States, settled in. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about uh, everything, um, you know, that's gone on from Canada till now. And, and before I even get into anything, I want to thank everybody in Canada for the overwhelming um, support, kind words. And um, I, I could not have had a better time. Um, it was an honor and a privilege to be there opening up for such a great comedian like Bill Burr. And um, in every city we were in, you know, um, the, whether it was a small little place, uh, you know, city-wise. I mean, all the places we were in were, you know, big theaters that packed a lot of people. But I mean... When I say little place, I'm talking, you know, small towns, little cities, wherever we were, Canada, man, underrated country, amazing people, really amazing people, you know, um, just the food was incredible, the, you know, just the hospitality where you went, the, the kindness of the people was something that really stuck with me. You know, um, that there there was one time we were uh, in Montreal and Burr was driving, and I'm not making this up. He gets over to the right lane or tries to, and he wasn't really paying attention. We were kind of lost and trying to figure out where we were going to get to our hotel. And without paying attention, uh, we almost hit the person in the right lane. And, like, he was like, oh, shit, my bad. You know, uh, I got to pull up, man. That was my bad. I got to say sorry. We were completely in the wrong, you know, clearly made a mistake. And, we pull up next to the guy, and as we're looking to the right to roll our window down and say sorry, the guy already has his head out the window going, you didn't know. It's okay. You didn't know. How could you know? I, I've never seen some shit in my life, the level of kindness and how nice this guy was. Like, this guy was almost, you know, I don't know. He was, like, embarrassed for us and, like, sorry. It was, it was amazing, but... Um, some amazing food I had. I had great food everywhere, places I never thought I'd have good food. You know, just amazing. So, um, again, thank you, everybody. I was overwhelmed with the Twitter um, feedback, the, the followers, um, people telling me that they wanted me to come back and stuff. So, thank you so much, Canada. It, it's um, I can't say enough good things. I, I spent. I saw your country, man. I saw your country big time. A lot of people were saying that we saw Canada, we saw more Canada than 80% of people that, that reside there. You know, we went east to west. I spent 20 days in the country and, um, you know, just, it's, a, it's a, an experience I'll never forget my whole life. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to sound corny, whatever. I'm just, I'm just being honest. It was really, really awesome. So, um, you know, and I got to tell you, getting back home. Getting back home was hilarious. We we were the last night we were in Calgary, and we kind of went to an underground cigar spot again. 
and I had a 4.45 in the morning pickup to go to the airport for a 6.30 flight. And I'm like, we hung out till like three and I'm like, I might as well just stay up. So, you know, we were getting, we were drinking and stuff and, um, I got on the plane, I was tired, you know, had some scotches and I ended up sleeping on a plane that landed in Winnipeg, but then took right back off. So I stayed on the plane sleeping, slept for the whole flight, like woke up when the wheels touched down. It was really weird. And, um, I just think from being up and, and, and drinking, you know, catching a, a buzz, just, just being so exhausted and everything finally coming down that I just slept. Then I finally got on the last plane in Montreal, went through customs, got into New York. And I got to tell you, man, one of the greatest feelings ever was coming home to my kids. You know, I, uh, I got in a car service. I was like falling asleep in the car service. I was shot. And by the time I got home that day, it was like 12 hours later, like six o'clock at night. And my kids and my, my wife, you know, it was just such a great, great time hanging with my son. And, um, you know, I could tell, how much they missed me, and it was just so cool, man, and put everything, you know, again, it just put everything into perspective, it was like, wow, man, like, all I wanted to do that day was just be with my family, so, and and I don't know whenever I'm gonna, I mean, it's very rare that a comedian goes out for that long, you know, a 20-day tour is a really, really long tour without going home, and it's kind of rare in comedy, you know, so, um, but uh, what a, what an experience, what a time, amazing cigars out there, uh, Cubans, I'm going to miss those Cubans, man, because I came home, I was in Manhattan, I performed the other night, and uh, me and my buddy went out to a cigar bar, and I said to the lady, I said, listen, I was just in Canada for 20 days smoking Cubans, so, you know, I said to her, I go, don't overcompensate, you know, with strength, you know, just give me some quality shit, but, you know, it, it's tough, because uh, you go there, you get spoiled with the cigars that you smoke over there. So, uh, um, and then, then, then playing ice hockey, even though I got the shit kicked out of me, which I did. I mean, think about this. I am the only asshole without hockey equipment. We had our own locker room and our own jerseys. Like this was an official game. There was like a timer and shit. And I'm the only asshole who's been on skates five times and I, and a helmet, and these guys are, you know, dressing like they're, like, like they're, you know, arm knights, like, they're, like, you know, like they're, they're knights in armor. And, and I'm out there and I'm falling down. I had like 12 shots on goal. I would just skate on a fast break, get into position. And I would just be, it was insane. And I still have elbow pains and stuff. And you know what? I wouldn't change anything what happened. I did, t my wife did find out about it. I had a bad fall near the post where, like, I lost my feet. My feet flew up in the air, and, like, I went fast. I crashed down fast, and the back of my head just smacked against the ice. And they wanted to stop play and go, oh, hold on. And I was like, no, no, I'm all right. I just suck, I said, and I started to skate back. But that was amazing. And now uh, I looked up. Here's how much I got. Here's how what Canada did for me. I got the itch so much with skating. That not only did I buy those uh, Bauer uh, hockey skates, but now I'm I, I looked online where there's rinks near me, because I'm real competitive. I don't want to be the worst or a liability for my team in anything that I do, even though it's with ice, you know, on ice, which I've never done. Um, I I looked it up and I got a places to go. I'm gonna skate. I'm gonna get better, and who knows, Canada? Maybe I'll come out there and get some pickup games with you guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was a it was insanely fun and then I come back from the trip and instead of taking some time off I had the first night where I crashed so early and then I was at Levity Live 
which was amazing. And I'm not going to lie, I was in really good shape. You know, 22 theater shows, 19 days. So I, I you know, I was just ready to go and, and I had great time out there and, um, you know, such a great club. It was great to get in front of a club like that, being my first club back in America, which is kind of like my home away from home out of New York City. For the new listeners, uh, Levity Live is kind of an upstate New York comedy club across the river in Rockland County, and um, it's amazing. So, uh, and I'm, I actually have an unacceptable from that weekend experience, which I'm going to get into. And if you're new to the podcast, I know there's not a lot of new listeners now. I have an unacceptable for the week, which is something I rant about, get upset about, which is exactly what the title of the segment is, Unacceptable. I got a good one for you guys um, coming up. So I hope, hopefully uh, it's filled with a lot of angst and, and, um, and humor. But that's coming up from uh, my weekend. And then I went down and I did my first New York City set when I got back. Uh, at Stand Up New York, another one of my favorite clubs, one of my home clubs, and um, and that was great too. So, oh, by the way, I got to give a shout out. See, I said I would do this. I said I would do this to these guys. After I got off stage at Stand Up New York, dude comes up to me, shakes my hand, and was like, "Hey, man, I'm a fan. You know, that was great." And then his buddy comes up and was, you know, down and was like, "Man, I heard the podcast well with you and Bill Burr." So, so funny and, and this and that. And, you know, I'm a fan. I'm so glad you were on the lineup today. And I said, Justin and Steve from Cape Cod, shouting you guys out, man. Being in New York City, coming to the show. Okay, how about that for a fucking memory, guys? All right? If you guys aren't lifelong fans now, it's over. But, uh, no, it was so cool. And, and by the way, another thing. I am absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of feedback that... Um, the podcasts that uh, Bill Burr and I did. You know, I did two on his, uh, one on mine, and the people were just, uh, you know, we're just messing around, me and my buddy, and, you know, having our own fun, creating our own humor, and uh, the feedback was was amazing, you know, and we were just like, holy shit, man, people really got a kick out of it, so uh, thank you, and if you're a new listener of mine because of that, then that's great, (laughs) you know, a couple of grown men acting like they're crying and doing Rodney Dangerfield impressions and, you know, talking about what they would do with a time machine, Uh, who knew? but I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I'll take we had we and and that's another thing man it, it's very rare that you and a buddy can be away for so long together and like we didn't get sick of each other what we did instead of that was just having fun and messing around. You know, um, I kind of took it to another level the last night I was there because I was so tired I had to get into a car service at um you know, uh, by the way, shout out to Just for Laughs, man. Just for Laughs, Montreal Comedy Festival and Toronto Comedy Festival. The people at Just for Laughs just couldn't have been better to me, man. The way they took care of me, you know, um, being a, you know, being an opener on that tour, the way they treated me and, and, and what they gave me and what I had access to was, was really amazing. So shout out to anybody from Just for Laughs who is listening to this absolutely unbelievably uh, organization is, is, a, is a well-oiled machine. They run a tight ship over there, and it was awesome. But So they're hooking me up with the car service at 4-something in the morning to get there. And I'm a little buzzed up, and there was a couple of phone calls I needed to make. You know, there was a couple of things I needed to make, uh, not real phone calls, the fake one where Burr goes along with it. So we're sitting there. We're sitting there, and I'm just going like, all right, I'm about to get in a car service. We've been on the road forever. I didn't get to get this one out of the way, so... Uh, we're sitting in the lobby of the hotel, 
and I'm, I'm waiting for the car, and all of a sudden I just pick up my phone, and Bill knows right away when I'm doing a fake phone call that he's going to go along with. Plus, it was all hours of the night, so I just get on the phone, I, I was like, hello? And I was like, no, no, this is bullshit, okay? And the guy at the desk is just sitting there. And I go, you tell him he knows. I go, no matter what he does to me, okay? And Bill's just sitting there looking at me. I go, no matter what he does to me, I am still the 19th best curling prospect in the world, okay? And if he wants to take that away from me, he, he, it's not going to happen, okay? I, got, I talked to my lawyers and, and Bill's just going... Yeah, just hang up, man. Forget it, dude. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And I go, no, no, this is bullshit. I go, okay, he's trying to take that from me. I go, you saw what I did in Sochi. And and I, Bill actually broke character when I said, you saw what I did at Sochi. He just burst out laughing, and then he kind of just got back into it. And I'm going, every, and he's trying to take it from me because of, because of my because of my partying. Cause of, I go, everybody takes their pants off in that bar. Okay, that's kind of like a thing. Okay, and I go, you tell him, you, I'm coming after Norway, I'm coming after Sweden, and I'm coming after Canada, okay? I'm throwing stones. I just started talking all kinds of shit, man, and, um, and then I realized I was probably really overtired and drunk because I saw Burr leaning over to the guy at the desk after a while just going, yeah, sorry. I think he was saying sorry because I was being loud, and I'm sure the guy knew that I was just hammered, but I don't think he knows if the phone call was real or not, but it was just so cool that even in our tired drunk state burr is like still going going along like anything i did he went along with it was it was awesome you know because i do shit with my little brother you know we'd walk into jewelry stores i walk into a jewelry store and just be like look man i gotta i can't spend anything less than twenty five thousand. you know and i just watch all this fucking salespeople go nuts you know their eyes light up it's like a hungry dog i had one lady ignoring one of her one of her sales reps to talk to me and I was like, listen, like, she's like, I got something for nine grand. I'm like, nah, nah, I can't. I just, I just can't do that, you know. And like my little brother will go along with it. Uh, one time I was just shopping for a shotgun in Dick's Sporting Goods. And I told my little brother to run around, to run around the, the, the store. And I like tried to maneuver to see like how light the gun was. And I was telling the guy behind the counter that I keep having an intruder. But next time he gets in the house, he's not leaving. And, um, and my little brother went along with it. But Burr was seamless. We had a really good time with it. You got to mix it up. You know, you got to fuck with people. You got to do it. So I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, you know, just the whole thing, the whole thing from, from getting home and then and then doing shows. I got to tell you, the weird thing was after doing so many long sets, I ended up doing a 12-minute set and it seemed really quick. And, you know, tomorrow night I have an audition. I'm doing five minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going from like, and I'm a storyteller, so five minutes, like three or four jokes, it's so quick, and, you know, you don't know what to do and, and all that shit. But um, I would tell everybody and urge anybody that if you're thinking of going to Canada, do the whole thing, man. Smoke the Cubans, go ice skating, because that's what they do best. I've never seen more hockey highlights in my life. I mean, we went to spas going into steam rooms, and, and the spas would have, like, if there was a TV, ev I've never seen airports, restaurants, but I mean, they got, I mean, everywhere but a funeral home, and they probably got it in there, I, I just never, you know, like, I know he's dead, eh, but I mean, come on, it's four to two, we, like, it, it's, I've never seen a country give a fuck that much, truly care that much about, about a sport. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love NFL. I love football, and I can watch highlights. But like hockey in Canada is is on a comical, comical level. It it's so big that, that it, it's it's like it was hilarious, you know. 
at one point I, I just said, I go, can they, can I see one NBA highlight? Like they, it, it's almost like they could do a spoof where they show like a Toronto Raptors game for like four seconds and then like they'll compare it to hockey. They'll be like, he shoots, he hits the three. Speaking of three, remember the dude on the Canadians had, you know, three goals. Like it's just, it's just, it's insane. And it was cool, man. We met some hockey players out there. One of the Montreal Canadiens, um, you know, uh, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer uh, Paul Coffey came out to a show and uh, got a chance to meet that dude, and that was awesome. And just the whole the whole thing. And then coming back and seeing the family, and then getting back, and finally two days off now. I finally have two days off until you know until tomorrow. So, um. That that's it, man. That was the trip. Uh, Eleven flights, one five-hour train ride from Toronto to Montreal, which I'm never doing again. Um, driving all across the place, but you do it with a buddy. You meet great people. You get new fans. You get to see parts of the world you didn't know if you'd see in your lifetime, and um, that's it. So. Um, glad to be back. I'm about to go on another tour next week. I will talk about that towards the end of the show. But right now, everybody, let's get right back into let's get right into this uh, TVE episode 153. Look at that! Look at that! I'm not even trying to rhyme. It just sounds beautiful. Uh, we're gonna get right into this. We got some segments to talk about. A little bit of sports, although I've been out, you know, I've been out of it. You know, March Madness is going on. I kind of know a little bit going on with that. I'm going to try to get into it this week, but, you know, then I got then I fly away. So that we'll get into that. Um, movies, we'll talk some, some movie stuff. And uh, But right now it is time for the Verzi Effect signature, signature segment, unacceptable for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I did it. I made a crucial, crucial mistake, okay? I went to Levity Live, and uh, near Levity Live is a ton of different restaurants because they have everything in this Palisades Mall. Um, This Palisades Mall is like, I don't know, I've never been to like Mall of Americas or anything like that. I was in the West Edmonton Mall, which was nuts. So, you know, um, just picture... A nice big mall who's got like the top, top floor with like anything you can do to amuse yourself. Anything. Dave and Buster's. They got bowling. They got fucking, they, they, they got rides. They got, it's one of those. And now down near like the Target and all that stuff and like Outback Steakhouse and all these different things is is the Levity Live. And it's one of the most beautiful comedy clubs in the country. You can't believe you're in a mall. It's like almost a 400-seater. It looks You could shoot an HBO special in there, and it's on the top floor of this mall. So we're looking, and Sunday, I had an early show. I had a 7 o'clock show on Sunday. So I didn't want to be away from my kids and family just for a quick show like that. So I said to my wife, I go, look, how about we do this? You come with me and the kids. We'll walk around the mall, go shopping. I'll run into the club. Show starts at 7. I'll probably go on a little after that or whatever. Then I'll do my set. Then I'll be out of there, you know, by, you know, maybe 8 or a little after 8 or whatever. Be out of the mall and go home. So she goes, great, we'll do it. So we pack up the, you know, I tell my, you know, I tell my kids, yeah, you know, daddy's working, but you're not even going to know. Like, I'm, it's like I'm going into a store. So great, great. So 
We go shopping around the mall. We're walking around. We're watching people walk around the mall, uh, which is hilarious in itself. And then we get online at Red Robin, this shithole. Okay, I ate at one of them once and it wasn't bad, but I mean, we're waiting online and these people working there had no clue what's going on. We're waiting and they had outside seating in the mall. So it's almost as if if it was outside, it would be a patio, but instead outside here means they they just made like a fake brick wall and you're sitting in the mall eating and you could just watch people like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to sit outside and watch some fucking fat asshole going to GameStop. I'm not doing that. So... They were like, do you want to sit out here? I'm like, I'd really rather not. You know, I kind of want the restaurant experience, even though it's a shitty restaurant. Like, I mean, can we sit in a booth inside? You know what I mean? And she was like, okay. And they're just waiting there like zombies. You know, just waiting there like zombies. And finally, all right, we're going to clean something up. We'll be right. And we're just waiting and nobody's doing anything. The line is getting by us. I'm I'm, I'm trying to, and, and I just turn around and I look at Outback Steakhouse, right? I see the sign. I've been to Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse has been around, what, 15, 20 years, whatever it's been. So I look over at Outback, and I look at my wife. My wife was looking at Outback, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. You want to just leave? And like a dick, I kind of threw it in their face because they were taking so long. I go, you know what? Forget the table. Forget the table. It's okay. And then instead of just leaving, I go, yeah, we're going to go somewhere else. My wife told me it was a little rude. I don't know if it is. Maybe it was. If it is, I'm sorry. You know, what do you want from me? I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm pissed off. I got my, I got my, you know, one and a half year old daughter on my shoulders. My son's, you know, and I just, I want to go eat. So stupid me looks at, looks at Outback and I see like a new paint job. It was like they painted it like yellow and white. And I'm like, all right, all right. Maybe they're like trying to like, maybe with the new paint job and the new appearance on the outside, maybe that's like, you know, symbolism for the, 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 the menus new. And then, the, the, you know, you'll get a killer meal there. I can't even believe I thought that. So we walk over the thing, we walk across the, the, the mall, across the hallway in the mall, and we're right kind of across from the comedy club, so I, I'm fine timing-wise, everything is good, I could eat the dinner, and we go in there. And it's busy, and the guy seating us just had the look on his face, which started to let me raise my eyebrow and start letting me know what I was in for. So he seats us in this thing, it's busy, and just, I don't know if it was his face or the hostess's face or the other hostess with him, I don't know what it was, but the feeling I got in this place, like, you know when somebody walks into a fucking place that feels creepy, and you're like, oh, this place has a bad vibe, that's what Outback had, except instead of a creepy, weird vibe, the vibe was, this place could give a fuck, and it threw in the towel eight years ago, like, it felt like they just switched on robots, and they were just walking around. And I know that's horrible for somebody that works there listening to this if they are, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to the show. I saw <laughs> I saw Paul Murphy perform at Levity Live. Yeah, because I got off my shift at Outback and now they're listening to this. I hope that's not the case. And if you are, I'm not even going to say the food was that bad. The level of just not giving. The look of I don't give a fuck on everybody's face in there. Even from the way the guy gave us, first of all, the, 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 the drink order didn't come for five minutes. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. When I sit down in a restaurant, okay, fine, whatever. Call me prima donna. There's certain things. You guys know I like certain things. There's certain things I like. I like a nice hotel room, okay, and I, I, like, I like you. You sit down, hey, how you doing? You want a drink? Certain things, okay? I'm going down. I'm paying for it. It's not about the money. It's just about what should happen. I don't give a shit if I'm at Outback Steakhouse, wherever I'm at. So I go into this place, and they're taking forever taking forever with the drink and my wife looks at me and she goes yeah aren't we supposed to get bread here 
And I'm like, yeah, and we're all hungry. I got kids, you know. The, the way that they, you know, they calm the kids down, shut them up for a little while, is I give them like three crayons. And it's like, what are you giving them three crayons for that are color weird colors? Like there was like red, blue, and like you know, like it was like I mean they didn't mix it up. I don't I don't know if there was a I don't know. There should have been there should have been more colors. Like you can't give a kid three colors because then one of them wants one, and then I mean they gave two packs, but then you got a couple of blues. I don't know. They should have they should have mixed it up. But I'll live with that. Kids are you know they did have a nice coloring book for them, so fine. That wash that's a wash. I'll take that. That's cool. Kids are coloring, doing that. No drink order yet. And then the lady goes, I'm sorry, uh, I'll be right there. And my wife's like, no, just just calm down, you know. And I know I'm making myself sound like a pain in the ass. I'm really not. Like, I, I, I'm i all about, like, don't leave us there. I'm all about, like, hey, I got this really, I got this busy table. Let me, as soon as I take care of them, I'm coming over to you guys. I'm so sorry. Like, that's cool. But it was just making us wait and then saying, hold on, I'll be right there. And then it was like, oh, she's busy. All right. The guy comes over with the bread finally when my wife asked for bread. She goes, oh, can we get some bread? The guy came over. The only thing this guy didn't do was throw the loaf at my wife's fucking ponytail. He, I mean, it looked like, you know, he came with the little, like the little, um, like the baking pallet. You know, they come with the little hand pallet and the, and the, and the knife and the bread on it. And then it's got like the little creamed butter or the, you know, the whipped butter cup that sits in it and they're walking with it. The look on this guy's face, and it was another guy, so nobody was mad at us. We did nothing wrong. It just looked like he was a zombie. Like, the only thing he didn't do was throw it at our heads and say, here, go fuck yourselves, enjoy your bread. Like, that's how I felt when he brought the bread to us. So now I'm like, all right, with the drink order, they did the bread. We order food. Like an asshole, I ordered, like, ahi tuna. I'm ordering raw tuna. Well, I'm in, like, a sushi mood, and I'm in an Outback Steakhouse. And um, I did see something that I never saw before. One of the waiters at another table spilled an entire... I've never seen... I've seen like stuff spill and then drip off the table, get on somebody's leg. I've never seen like a Hollywood movie spill. This dude had like one of those pink lemonades, big. It was bigger than a 16 ounce. This was like a, like a, like a 22 ounce big pink lemonade. And this waiter fucking spilled it. And they were like dressed nice. And I was thinking they were going to the comedy club maybe after they ate. And I mean, this thing drenched this guy's shirt, pants, the whole thing. And the the waiter just goes, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I actually thought, I actually thought when I saw something like that in person, it would be funny. It was actually so brutal and spot on. It was such a spot-on target spill that I actually was sad for all parties involved. I was intrigued. I was interested. I was listening. But I was really like, oh, that's that's the worst. And then my wife said something so funny. She just goes, yeah, you know what? He's too tall to be a waiter. He can't he can't put it all together. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? But then when I looked at where how high his head was and how much, you know, just how much distance his hand down to the table and with the drink and the whole thing I was like she's you know she's right he was too tall to be doing that job and but anyway unacceptable for the week is not only the drinks being asked late because the lady I'll do that the way we got the bread and the absolute place exuding the, the, the I don't give a fuck like it it was it was coming out of the walls there and I just says place threw in a towel eight years ago. Unacceptable Outback Steakhouse. Not going again. They still got the Alice Springs chicken. Listen, it's not bad, but come on, man. Change it up. Do something.
It's over. It's over. All that shit. But that was an unacceptable food experience. Okay, that's unacceptable for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. Red Robin, all that shit's garbage. It's garbage. It's taking me, you know, because, and, and this is how they get away with the garbage. They know you got kids. They know that they got the little coloring books and, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll put a, you know, a brownie with a fucking couple of Skittles on it and everyone goes nuts. Uh, it is just absolutely garbage food. It, the experience is rarely amazing. I had the worst breakfast of my life at a Chili's airport, but I was at an airport, so, but it was poached eggs. It was awful. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with chilies. Applebee's is great until you go home and you just shit your head off. You know, Applebee's is garbage. It's all garbage. It's all garbage. All of them. TGI Fridays, all that shit. I'm done. So I'm not doing it anymore. But that was really unacceptable. And, you know, and the kids, the kids menu, my son got the chicken fingers and it was like heavy, heavy breaded, like, you know, fat piece of shit at a baseball game type of, you know, not a four-year-old. Can you at least, if you're giving, if your kid's menu, fine, you want to give like, you know, big bulky like sides and appetizers to people that got like, you know, teeth that they could crunch it, fine. But give a give little kids like soft, nice, lightly breaded, like white meat chicken that they could eat, you know. Not something that a fucking rhino, you know, couldn't grind down with his teeth. I don't even think they, they didn't even have a hot dog on the kids menu, which, you know, kids, I mean, hot dog's not great, but, you know, cut them up, you get an all beef one or something like that for the kid, it's okay, but they had like weird shit for kids, you know, so I'm done, I'm done with all this shit, unacceptable, just, you know. What happened to like, you know what we used to be, and you know how I know, because I went, and this is how I know about the Outback Steakhouse. Years and years ago, when they first opened, like when they first started coming across, like when they first started just going across America, like some of the first locations were down south, and I was on vacation in Myrtle Beach, probably 94, 95, somewhere around there, and we went, and the waiter was like, hi, have you been to an Outback Steakhouse before? Oh, great, well, here's what we got, and it was just like this nice, you almost felt like, it made me think of Florentine's joke, why, what's gonna happen? He goes, she goes, have you been here before? Why? What's going to happen? What am I going to have to eat my meal in the bathroom? It's the same. Just bring me the food. But, um, yeah, so I'm sitting I'm sitting there thinking to myself, there's none of that. There's none of this nice, happy, hey, oh, how old your son? Listen, you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, like, that's the type of thing that you go, oh, my God, that was so nice. The kids loved it. You know, like, they go out of their way. This was like, yeah, here's your bread. What else can I get you? Yeah, it's just, like... You know a place is shitty when the level of service goes down because it's busy. A great place can be insanely busy. And that's what what goes into the restaurant business. I was a busboy at Applebee's, if you could believe that. Um, Here's how bad I was at Applebee's when I first started. A buddy of mine said, hey, Paul, can you go get me? I need a side of ketchup they need more ketchup and instead of getting a small ramekin i was so just excited to be doing something because i was a busboy there and it was like new that i i got i I went in the kitchen and panicked because they had the little tiny ramekins but since i heard extra ketchup i grabbed a fucking soup bowl 
and I put it under the ketchup thing, and I'm just pumping it like I'm pumping up a basketball. That's how much, and I gave it to him, and it, he was so busy and like sweating. He just grabbed it and said thanks, but then when he realized how big it was, he didn't even know what to do, and he just was laughing and put it on the table. Uh, yeah, the restaurant the restaurant business wasn't for me, although I was a good waiter like personality-wise when I moved up to waiter, but whatever, I was young. Anyway, it's all garbage is what I'm trying to say. But the outback that day was unacceptable and enough for me to say I'm not going back. And you know how they, they get you? What do you do with two what do you do with two little kids? Where do you eat? Where do you eat with two little kids? It's like what like I don't know what to do. You can, you know, you get like a diner. You can't really take them to a diner. I mean, you can, but a diner is like, you know, kids. Diner is more for adults. So they get you with that. They get you with the themes. You either got to put your head down and go full shitty like Chuck E. Cheese's and just know it's going to be a shit show, going to be shit food, going to be shit service, a bunch of screaming kids, and then just deal with the hell and pain for a while. Or, or you got to... You got to take the kids to a place that's really not for kids and hope they behave. But that's probably the one that I'm leaning to, leaning towards. Okay, everybody, uh, I was going to talk uh, music because uh, we were talking music and the difference between music and comedy. But I'm going to wait till next week when my little brother, very talented drummer, guitarist, now lead singer, and amazing songwriter, um, who's actually going to be doing all the original uh, music for the movie that we're making, the documentary. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, after uh, we got the unacceptable out of the way, I hope you enjoyed that. We are 33 minutes in, and we are cruising, everybody. This is—I'm uh, having fun. Hope you guys are having fun. I'm putting this out right now, tonight, right when this is done, so you guys will be able to listen to this um, either, you know, late Wednesday night. Or, you know, you'll have it—you'll have it for the rest of the week, and then I'm going to do the quick turnaround in Los Angeles. Got a lot of stuff to talk about about Los Angeles, so uh, moving right along. We were talking, and I wanted to bring this up on the show. We were talking about famous people, um, and when you meet them, you know, and you hear bad stories, and then they get a bad rap forever, okay? And we've all heard the classic ones. So I want to talk about that and really let people know because if you hear a bad thing enough about somebody you start to believe it but things happen everybody's human so we'll get right into that um you know about the you know what happens with that so here we go um everybody's heard i know that i've heard many times i don't know about anybody else and and in my business i do hear more and, you know, good sources tell me because, you know, in my business of stand-up, when you're trying to, you know, really elevate your, your, your career and your game in stand-up, you're pretty much in New York or L.A. And you have friends who are doing it, in, in, you know, in, in New York and L.A. And although they're, they're, you know, obviously great comedians elsewhere, when you start hearing dirt and stuff like that, it's usually in one of those two cities because, you know, everybody's out there trying to shoot something, film something. You find out, oh, that person's in this. Oh, yeah, he was a dick. And... You know, Michael Jordan is a great example. I've heard nothing but bad things about Michael Jordan. I've heard he's a dick. I've heard, you know, and you hear horrible things like somebody like heroes of yours. You know, there's notorious people, you know, who just great guys. And then you hear Dick Chevy Chase is another guy that you hear is a dick. Um, I met his daughter once. She was a sweetheart. I was at a Saturday Night Live uh, after party, and I met his daughter. And I was talking to her. She was a sweetheart. And it's like, I can't be like, oh, I heard your dad's a dick. You know, you seem great. 
But you hear these stories. Michael Jordan is one notorious. Now, recently I talked to somebody, a head of a big comedy club out in uh, California, and he said, oh, man, I used to work with Mike, and he was talking about Michael Jordan. And I go, yeah, I heard that dude's a dick, huh? And he goes, Mike's great. Are you kidding me? Mike's great. And I'm like, and I, and I'm like, oh, really? Wow, like you're like the first person. And I've heard from like a lot of people. And then you got to think, well, wait a minute. They're not all dicks because you like you. Then you start to hear, no, no, he's actually cool. But we don't look at it like that. Like a lot of people were, you know, and it happens in comedy. It happens, you know, even at my fucking insanely low level of of you know being in a spotlight in comedy, and. I, you know, you can tell, like, if you're cool to somebody, like, oh, my God, dude, you're so cool, it's nice, but then, like, you know, if you kind of ignore somebody, or, that like, they'll be like, oh, fuck that guy, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really, you know, like that, I would never really be like that, I appreciate anybody who appreciates me, but we don't know, you don't know if somebody's having a bad day, I gotta tell you, man, I was on tour for 20 days, and there were times I just wanted to get in the car, but, but you know, you're always gonna talk to somebody, now, I'm thinking about it. if it's like that on my level, of, of, of being a comedian just coming out of a club or a theater and people appreciating what I did. Imagine being a baseball, football, basketball, hockey star and having all these people come up to you and then if you'd had a bad game, yeah, you suck, you cost us the playoffs, fuck you, I lost money. And, and you know, you hear that. That eventually could make you walk out of a locker room one day and be like, you know what, fuck these people, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, and I, I was talking about this. Let's say this, okay? For everybody that wants to judge all of these people, you know, on the day. And, and you hear you hear brutal stories about, I waited outside in the cold. I loved this band. They basically told me, fuck off, and it broke my heart forever, and I never forgot it. That's a brutal, horrible story, and it sucks. But what about this? Let's say this, okay? Like, you know, Joe DiMaggio, God rest his soul. Okay, let's say he had explosive diarrhea, right? The guy's been shitting all day. Okay, he's been shitting all day long. Like, you know, all he's been doing is going to the toilet, shitting his brains out, and then he's got to strap up his, you know, his, his cleats, go out into the, you know, go out into the outfield, get these hits. Okay, in between innings, the only thing he could focus on is not shitting his pants in the outfield, running back into the dugout, running into the bathroom in the clubhouse, shitting his brains out before, you know, three outs happens on the next, you know, and then. He's back out there. He's probably sweating, drinking water, not knowing if he's going to fart and explode his fucking pinstripes. Let's say he's having that day. Guy goes, whatever, two for four. You know, he rounds first. He's got the runs. It's a mess for him, right? And there's a kid out there, and a guy goes, hey, man, my son, he's out here. He's a little sick. He needs you. If, I mean, it, yeah, it sucks for the kid, but, like, if it's between shitting your pants and making the news that way or having somebody think, man, this guy's a dick. He could have signed something. I'm just saying, and I know that's a very extreme example. <laughs> I know that's a very extreme example, uh, but I was I was <laughs> I was in Cleveland one time. That's why I'm laughing too, thinking about this. I was in Cleveland. I think I talked about it. I was literally like I had a stomach virus or something, and I had to run to the bowl right before my set. <laughs> I'm on the bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope you're not eating your lunch at work. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to be on stage in like three minutes. You know, and the place is packed and I'm on the bowl and I get up. And like right when I get up, I realize I got to go again. 
and I'm going, oh my God, man, I hope I'm not having like this dumb and dumber fucking episode before I got to go and tell jokes. And then you're up there and you don't think about it. And then you get off. And I remember I got off and I had a good time and I just ran right back to the bathroom. That had to happen. Somebody's been in a concert that, you know, and again, it, it is an extreme thing, but I, the moral of this explosive diarrhea story, and God rest Joe DiMaggio's soul, I, I hate to talk about, you know, you know, something like this with a guy like, you know, class, you know, whatever, Yankee and all that, but, you know, it, it happens. So, listen, here's the rule. I think if you have five, five, no, I'll say four, four reliable source friends, like really, really you know, reliable, trustworthy friends of yours that you know, if they personally had an experience, I think four of them, like if two of them are like, oh, I like the guy, and the other two are like, oh, that guy's a dick, then I'll be like, oh, then it's up in the air, that's up for me, but if all four are like, that guy's the worst, fuck, that guy sucks, that guy, then you're like, okay, or no, she's the worst, she's mean, she's this, and she's that, you know, you do gotta take it, you gotta take it that way, too, you gotta understand that people can have bad days, and, you know, so that was a little uh, thing we were talking about, and I thought that that um, was something that I don't think enough people think about. You can't always be like I saw Magic Johnson one time, and like they, somebody asked him, and he's like, "Nah." And then I heard he was great. But Magic Johnson had a thing where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in Magic Johnson's book, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't sign something, and then Magic signed it. And then in one of Magic Johnson's business meetings, like in present time, like now present day like this guy's got whatever he has starbucks movie theaters all the shit that magic had and he was in a big meeting with all these big wig businessmen and you know uh, investors or whatever finance people and one guy after a meeting just came up to him was like hey man i just want to let you know that uh you signed something for my son years ago and like we never forgot it like kareem didn't do it or somebody didn't do it and you did it and we will never forget you for that and it's amazing and that goes a long way but there are some times where you got to be like, nah, man, I, not right now. And when you do that, that the same way the person will always remember you, then now a person's always going to remember you as a dick. And it's not fair. So back off sometimes, people, is what I'm saying. So the moral of the story is don't do your job if you have explosive diarrhea or don't be a dick judging these people. One of the two. Okay, moving right along. Sports, everybody. I only saw hockey for almost a month. I saw some highlights. I know in March Madness, I know Duke lost. I know Wichita State had a heartbreaking loss to Kentucky. I know Syracuse lost. And I know that, you know, there's been a lot of upsets and stuff like that. I've yet to sit down, and this is like the first year in years. One of the fun things I used to love to do was fill my brackets out. I didn't fill any brackets out this year, nothing. And I love how the year they do the billion-dollar bracket, like, two days in, it just got completely over. You know? <laughs> I went one year a couple of times. I went one year where I got to, like, I got far without a loss, and then I ended up getting a few. But out of, like, a million people, I, at one point I was, like, in the top thousand, which was cool. But it's all it's all luck. It's all luck. It's all crapshoot. There's no, oh, I know how to pick basketball. No, you don't. Because, you know, Mercer beat whoever, Duke. Or, or these teams that suck end up going in there knowing it's their Super Bowl and they ended up win, and winning a game. But I have not yet to watch it. But, of course, this is ironic. You guys know how I feel about the Knicks. I love the Knicks. I basically threw the towel in with the Knicks just with what's going on. And while I'm in Canada, Phil Jackson comes aboard. 
Only the Knicks would hire Phil Jackson to do something that he has no experience in. But you know what? He's a great presence. So Phil Jackson comes with, and they win nine in a row when I'm in Canada, and I have no idea. So in my mind, I'm thinking there's shit in the bed. The Knicks are over. I come home. But then this is even funnier. If that's not ironic, the one game I sit down towards the end when I was at Levity Live and I got home and I started to watch the second half of the – I start watching and, they're, you know, they're going back and forth with the Cavs. And I wake up the next day just to see and I'm kind of back in it. I got my laptop. I got, oh, Knicks nine-game streak gets stopped because, you know, because of the Cavs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back in New York. That's it. You know, maybe I move to Canada and the Knicks will get a fucking title. But, you know, I, I've been out of the loop. I bought my new Yankee hat. I do that every five years. Every yeah, every four to five years, I buy a brand new and the official, new era, you know, official field cap that they wear. I bought one. It's brand new. It's crisp. They got a nice bright white NY on it. I'm ready to go. I'm not going to get crazy, but I am going to watch this year. I'm back. I'm back. Robinson Cano, my favorite player, left. A-Rod's out. So I'm going to watch some of these new guys. I'm going to watch Jeter's last year. I'm going to take my son to games. I'm going to try to put the steroid thing behind me. Hopefully that that's slowly moving out of the game, and I'm going to try. Other than that, Giants are making good moves. I think the Giants and Yankees are going to be all right this year, and we're moving on, and that's pretty much all I got for sports because I've been out of it. But I'm going to buy a hockey stick. I'm going to buy a hockey. I've been dreaming about hockey. I've been actually dreaming about it because I got a little taste of it. And I I wasn't good but knew that I could be good. And now I have to be good. So I'm going to do that <laughs> as well. And my wife, uh, not, not, so, not so much. Not so much happy with that. Movies. I did not see anything again. Burr didn't want to see nonstop. And I, he had good points. I didn't really want to see RoboCop. I had good points. We ended up not seeing anything. Then now there's nothing in the theater. So, But again, I mentioned I saw the first few minutes of Hunger Games 2 and I'm in. I got to watch it. I saw right up to the part where um, Donald Sutherland said that like all the winners have to go back in now. And like they realize that they got to go back. And she just ran outside crying. Um, that's when I, and then I, you know, and then I had to get off the plane or whatever. So I got to watch that, but that looks pretty good. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm making a movie now, so I'm trying to finish that and put that together. So look out for that. And uh, I got some announcements, everybody. So I'm going to do some announcements here. And, um, I wish I could take questions like live questions. I wish I could just be like, okay, now the Verzi effect's going to click over and somebody's just like, hey man, what do you think? I wish, I wish I had the capability of doing that. And the thing is, I probably do have the capability of doing that, except I'm just, I just like to go. Like, I don't want to hire somebody and be like, how do I do it? And go and you got to get some nerdy tech guy to fucking tell you to do like 50 things. I, you know. So, anyway. Oh, another thing. I, I just got to say, real quick, I um, want to talk about this plane, man. Um, you know, I'm, 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 a pretty, I'm pretty into aviation. I find it fascinating. and um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think if this 122 pieces of debris that they see is, is from it, then I guess that's it. But, like, I think if this is a bust and it's not it, I, I'm, I'm just... I mean, this is so many days, and I, my heart goes out to those families, man. You know, my heart goes out to those families, and um, 
All I'm saying is, and I don't know, and I could be 100% wrong, but some guy said something today, and um, and I kind of agree with it. I don't ever want to put blame on anybody, especially something like this and all those lives. If, you know, God forbid they're lost or whatever, it's just horrible thoughts and prayers to them and their families and all that. But I don't know why ever since this was go- going on, I just feel like that deliberate turn that it made, I just, something doesn't sit right with me and I, I don't feel like it was mechanical or the plane. And then when they said, oh, but it was flying, you know, then it could have lost oxygen and, and, and just been like a phantom plane with everybody knocked out. I was able to accept that. But then today somebody was like, if the plane is where they say it is, if that satellite from the UK is right, saying that that plane is where it is in the in the southern part of the Indian Ocean, then they said it couldn't have been flying low because the plane is just too heavy and would have never gotten that far. And they're saying, so if it is over that part of the ocean, it would have to be at 35,000 feet to get there, to get that far. And that raised eyebrows for me. So either way, it's horrible. I'm even getting weird thinking about it, talking about it right now. But I know I talked about it on the other thing. And, you know, I am one of those people who looks at it every day. I'm, 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 not, I'm not obsessed with it, but I'm just like, wow, man, what, you know, what happened? You know, this is, this is crazy. It's a big plane. A lot of people, like, you know, they're not finding anything. And it's just really, really bizarre. And um, shit, man. Like, I go to that like I'm going to a show. Like, that's what the media does. I just go to that like I'm going to, like, I'm just, I gotta, I gotta see. I gotta see what they, you know, but I don't know. And I feel like the fact that it is so hard to find is another reason why something doesn't sit right with me. But that could just be my, I don't know. But um, if you guys have anything, you know, oh, by the way, somebody asked me too. And if you guys have any, like, things you want me to talk about or any of your theories, I will read them. Like, and I know I have a bunch of new listeners for the show now. And again, thank you guys all for for jumping aboard and and the nice things you said about it. I know that I had a bunch of new listeners listen after they, um, you know, heard about me and saw me perform and said, oh, man, I listened to the Verzi Effect. I'm hooked. Thank you so much. And, um, I should probably restate this like I stated it when I first started doing the podcast. If any of you guys have questions, want me to talk about something, go to my Facebook, message me. I'll write it down during the week and I will address it and definitely talk about it. And if you put your name and where you're from, I would love to shout you out and, um, and you know, get you, you know, plug you on the show and everything like that. So please do that. And also please keep the comments and the reviews uh, coming on iTunes because that's how the show uh, moves up. So uh, that said, yeah, I mean, I don't know any theories or anybody, you know, thinking or if you I'm, – I'm interested in like if you know somebody, if you know somebody. Like I know I have somebody in my family who, who works on planes for years and like I'm going to talk to him. And like he's usually – like he's told me some shit before about other things and I'm like holy shit. So um, – I definitely, I'm, I'm into this and I, I want to hear more. But if you guys know somebody or have any theories, I'll definitely talk about it. Hopefully this gets put to rest for the sake of the families, um, you know, uh, for the sake of the families. I mean, in an ideal world, those people are safe somewhere, but it, it, that's looking really bleak. And uh, all you could do is hope, but hoping, you know, at a minimum, the family members can get some sort of closure from this because it's fucking, it's brutal. Um, seeing those people freaking out and crying like that. And I mean, it's just, it's awful. You don't even know what to do or say, but, uh, okay, everybody, I don't want to, I don't, I'm fucking bring the nice, positive, good flowing, funny podcast, just fucking bringing it, you know, down. Um, 
I shouldn't even use those words. You know what I mean? Just, you know, just fucking, you know, Jesus Christ. Just, you know, the mood, the mood. Let me sip my iced tea and fucking gather myself here. 51 minutes in, everybody. Verzi Effect Podcast, 153. If you're listening to the show right now, you know why you're on. You know why you're a new subscriber. Because that's what we do at the Verzi Effect. Uh, I got to get my brother back on here. We had a great talk. He had, oh my God, he said some, such cool shit. He said such cool shit about the Beatles picking Ringo Starr. And, oh, well, you know, we're going to get into that. So stay tuned for some other good episodes. But now there will be other podcasts that I will be doing. I will be going on basically a podcast tour. It is time for plugs, everybody. Um, so got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to announce. Uh, documentary that we're working on should be done by the end of spring. And it looks like I will be taping my hour in May. It looks like it's not going to be in New Jersey. It looks like it's now going to be in New York. I will announce it when I get it done. But I want as many of you loyal, uh, you know, not only Verzi Effect fans, Paul Verzi fans, a stand-up, I want you guys to come out and I'm going to figure out something with the deal at the door or how that's going to work, uh, you know, to just get my, you know, fans in there and uh, be a part of my first uh, comedy hour ever. So let you guys know about that. This weekend, I'm actually going to be working with Louis Anderson over at, uh, at Levity and they told me I got to be clean, everybody. So this is going to be me doing, being a, a good boy. I'm going to try to Try to kill without cursing, which is fine. I could do it. I mean, I like to, you know, say some things I like to say. I don't know if some of the dirty jokes that I'm doing will, will go over, but but uh, I will be at Levity Live um, the 28th through the 30th. And then the tour starts, everybody. I don't know if you saw the tickets, uh, links to all the shows, but the Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast Presents Tour the All In Tour. Well, that's what it's called. Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast presents All In Tour, uh, which is basically starring myself, Jason Lawhead, and Joe Bartnick. And we are hitting up the West Coast in April, and we were hitting up the East Coast in May. And uh, it goes like this. Um, it's like the Mick Jagger song. And it goes, is that what it says? Take me to the tongue and I'll show you. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it, it sounded like that. Anyway. Go to, um, <laughs> man, I could go for another hour. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this one. I feel good right now. I feel nice. Da, na, 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 na. Boy, I'll tell you, I feel nice, you know? Um, yes, March 31st, everybody. I am flying to Los Angeles, and I will be out on another tour. Not 20 days like I was in Canada. This will be about a 10-day little excursion that I'm doing. But I will be at Largo, the kicking off of the All In Tour, hosted by Bill Burr at Largo. That's going to be sick. We're kicking it off. We're going to have our posters with us. We're all going to be signing the posters, doing meet and greets, talking to everybody. Um, if you guys know Lawhead and Bartnick, uh, so funny. We're all different. Uh, we're all guys which um, are very, you know, just honored that Burr put us on this and believes in us enough to sponsor a tour with his name behind it. So that's going to be at Largo. Then the next night we are at the uh, Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego on April 1st. 
Then we have some days off and we're going to be doing a podcast tour. We're going to be doing a ton of people's podcasts. So look at my Facebook and look at my Twitter. You will see all the different shows that, that, that I will be on that you could see um, to, to plug the shows. Then we are in. We are at Helium in Portland on the 6th or 7th. It's posted up, but uh, either the 6th or 7th, we're doing Portland and Seattle. Um, the Parlor Live. The Parlor Live in Seattle, we are doing, I believe, is that on the 6th? And then on the 7th, we are at uh, Helium in Portland, Oregon. And um, those tickets are on sale now. You could go to the websites. And then um, on the the 8th and 9th, we are at the San Francisco Punchline. Uh, tickets are already on sale. Tickets are already being sold. But if you're in that area, definitely come out to that. We're going to be all coming out there. we got some new material. It's going to be awesome. So check out those shows in the San Francisco Punchline. And then on the 10th, we are performing... Um, in Sacramento, and I don't, I don't have the name of the place right now. I should, son of a bitch, but we're going to be there. And that ends the West Coast leg. And then in May, we're going to be doing Pittsburgh. We're doing Cleveland. We're going to be doing New Jersey. We're going to be doing New York. Um, we're going to be doing, I think, Long Island, maybe Albany. So the All In Tour. We are All In, everybody. Sponsored by Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Check out those dates. And, and and get your tickets now. We're gonna be out there. We're gonna be. We got it. We got a cool little classic like vintage poster that we're gonna be selling out there. That just looks awesome, and uh, we're really really excited about it. So, uh, please, if you can't go, urge your friends to go, and it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna have a great time. So come out to those shows, and that um, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Also, if you go, I'm putting new stuff on the website. I'm revamping all that. And uh, that's it. So let me know what you want me to talk about on the show. Uh, somebody had an unacceptable for me. Shit. What was it? Somebody had an unacceptable for me, and now I can't remember what it is. But that's another thing. If you guys have some unacceptables, when I do my unacceptable for the week, I'll throw something in. So if I'm talking about, if, if I have a good one, and you just, you know, you tell me, hey, yeah, you know. I went to the zoo and the fucking monkey was throwing shit at us and instead of them stopping it like the zoo guy working with the monkeys was laughing his ass off. Like, I, I mean, I, I, that was, that'd be funny. But I'm just saying, that's a crazy example. You know what I mean? I'll talk about that as well. And uh, that's it. That is it. That is this week's show. Um, that went by pretty fast. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a great time. Um, you know, I could go into overtime. Yes, you guys have behaved. Let's go into overtime for a little bit. What should we talk about? Let's talk about day jobs. Let's talk about the people sitting at their job right now who I am hopefully getting them through their day with the silliness. Here's what I want you to do, and we talked about this before on the show, but if you... I was talking to my older brother, and we were laughing so hard about what these jobs do. And if you're at a job right now and your base is like anywhere between like the 30s or 40s, right? Like, you know, 1,000. And they told you, this would be the greatest thing ever. If they told you that like, all right, yeah, you know, base is 35. But hey, you know, uh, Mark over there, you know, see Mark? Yeah, you know Mark. The, yeah, the uh, senior guy. Yeah, he started like you. Okay, and like in three years, the guy's making like 110,000. And it's always a guy who like, 
either had a friend there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the guys kill it, but it's just such bullshit, like what they feed you. My brother was telling me that he was looking for a job, and they like told him like 40, but you can make like 80 if you do everything right. And then like what he needed to do right was like, like, yeah, if you get Ralph Lauren himself on the phone, Ralph, like if you get Lauren on the phone and you're like, hey, Ralph, what's up, man? I need you to buy all the orders you could possibly buy for our company in a day. Like that shit will get you 80. And, and which is still think about that, like the, the shit that they want you to do. And I just think it would be great if you just call like the same way that they call you in for a review, just calling them in and be like, yeah, tech, can I talk to you for a second. Yeah, how you doing? Listen, um, remember that load of shit you sold me? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fucking going gray here, and I'm losing my hair and shit sitting in this cubicle. Yeah, making phone calls for other people to get rich, and you told me I'm going to make that money. Yeah, how about this? I'm going to go out to lunch today, and I am going to be over an hour. And if you or that cocksucker Carl who interviewed me think for one second I'm going to care, I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to take the wrapper of the sandwich that I just ate and cram it up your fucking ass and go to jail. All right? You fuck, you lying asshole. Okay, this job sucks and you should be ashamed of yourself that you got dental from this place. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself that you are getting health benefits and selling a load of bullshit to these people. I, I cannot get over, I cannot stress enough how people should work for themselves. Like if I, I mean, I like I would love to just, you know, I'm not gonna do a seminar about it because I'm running around telling fucking jokes and shit. But I, I mean, like, look at the money you're making, and in today's, I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand how you people are sitting down right now. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm really not because I was there. I was in a, I was in a, you know, an office all day, and I did sales and I did all that. But like, and I know sometimes people don't have a choice, and it's like, well, what else am I going to do? But I'm telling you, man, exercise looking at other options. Unless you have a job where they're like, listen, man, you take as long a lunch as you want. Like that's the cool job. Like if you got a job where they're like, listen, just get the numbers. Just get the numbers. I was I was in a sales position once where I needed to be there at 11 o'clock and I got so good at knocking doors and selling phone cable and internet in Queens back in the day when I was like 21, 22 years old that I would get to the field, which was an hour from my house, never go to an office meeting, get to the field at 6, have my quota by 8. My manager would be calling me up, how come you didn't come to the office today? Like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, ah, because I got 11 units, which is like four days worth of quota. Like, All right, see you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, you know, stuff like that. But if, you, if you're if you at a job where you can do that, if you're at a job where you could say, hey, man, I'm taking a lunch I want. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going to get my numbers. If I don't get my numbers, fire me. Like, that's cool if you're going to have to do But, like, the whole idea of, like, yeah, we just need you to hammer the horn and we need you to just make the calls. And you could make 80. You could make 80. You know? It's like, yeah, and I could also get blown in the bathroom by every secretary here if, 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 that, if that could happen. But that's not going to happen. You know, like it's just, it's ridiculous. What people settle for, that's the point of this little overtime couple of minutes over the hour, everybody. That's the thing. What we settle for is criminal. It's criminal. And I think it's, I think it's because, I think it is because unfortunately you have... You have leaders and followers. As simple as that sounds, it goes back to the playground. It does. 
does. It goes back to the playground. It goes back to when, you know, you they, they called everybody in for recess. And, you know, I just feel like the kids that tried to get that extra swing in, the kids that tried to get that one more game in, you know, tried to get every little thing they can out of it or, you know, maybe being a little bit of a rebel but not listening. I mean, either, either the, yeah, those kids are either pain in the asses and are going to turn out bad or they're the people that are like, no, I'm doing it my way. But, you know, I – and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I had a great conversation with my brother about it, just about how people work at places they don't and they feel stuck and you're not stuck. You're not stuck. Because if you leave your job today, if you're really gung-ho about getting another one, you could probably get it. A, A, you could do something to get fired, collect unemployment, or B, you can, you know, you'll have 30 days to get something else. Or just call your parents or a family member. Be like, listen, i got to crash on the couch or I'm going to be fucking eating, you know, in the streets. Put it on them. Make them, make them feel guilty. No, I'm kidding about that part. But I just feel, I don't know, I just feel like it's so crazy. And I love calling my friends with the work voice. <laughs> We're talking about that, the work voice. You got to feel like, yeah, man, I'm getting out early, man. Fuck that, dude. We're going to the movies. I don't even care what my boss says. I don't even care what my boss says, dude. We're going out. We're going out. Dude. Yeah, call me. I know. Normally, I got to be out of here by like, you know, 5. They like me to stay like 5, maybe 5.15. But call me at 4.30. I'm going to be out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell my supervisor. Then you call at 4.30, and they're at their cubicle, and they're like, hello. Hey, what's going on, dude? No, nah, nothing, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I might have to meet you guys. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I love, there's nothing funnier than than calling your friend at work. And then he goes, hello. No, nah, nothing, dude. What? Uh, I'm at work right now. Like, they always have to say that. <laughs> they always have to they always have to say they're at work early in the conversation because they think you're going to like, they want you to know that it has to be quick. Just keep them on. Just just keep them on just to see like how long they could actually handle, you know. Well, the man, yo, the manager's looking. <laughs> yo, the manager's looking at me right now. I can't, I can't really talk right now. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to get. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> I'm gonna try it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I was having a meeting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I was having a meet. I'm gonna try to get out of here, Ralph. We try to get out of here around like five, like a little after five, all right? Yeah, I just got, I got to go right now. Though. I'll call you back. <laughs> and then they call you back. <laughs> and then they call you back. And like, hey, what's going on, man? Nah, I'm not so sorry about that. And you're always like, why? Your boss, you do get in trouble? Nah, nah, I wouldn't get in trouble. It's just, you know, I don't want to fuck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's modern day slavery. It's the funniest shit. It's been. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh oh, that just amused me. I'm sorry everybody. You know what? I'm awake, I'm up, I'm sober, everything, you know, I'm just giddy, I'm having fun. I'm gonna end it at that. I hope you guys found that. I hope you guys found that as funny as I did. I'm doing a bit on that. Work voice. Hello. 
Yeah, what's going on, dude? Listen, I can't tell you. <laughs> I told you, no, don't call me on his number. That's another one, too. You just text me. I Don't call me on his number right now. Okay, no, my manager's looking. Um, That's the show, everybody. Versi Effect, episode 153. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, all my new listeners from Canada, thank you. I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, and I want to say this. I want to thank Bill Burr again, and just for last, for giving me an opportunity and an experience of a lifetime. And all my new fans from that country, thank you. It means the world to me, and I hope you're aboard. I hope you're aboard during my whole career. Um, and... Um, Everybody else. Also, the people that came out to see me at Levity when I was home, as the, 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 the people at Stand Up New York, all that. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody on the West Coast. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That is uh, Paul, you better know how to spell that. Capital V I R Z I. At Paul Verzi on Twitter. You can go, you can like my fan page on Facebook, which I rarely go to, but my regular Facebook, get me on there. Any messages you want me to talk about, I will. I don't have Instagram because there's enough fucking pictures on Facebook and Twitter, and I don't have other things. I have the two things. So get me on those two, and uh, that is it. Until episode 154, everybody, uh, I'll talk to you guys later, okay? Because I can't, I got somebody looking at me right now. Goodbye. <laughs>